Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And um, today we have a very special guest who I'm very excited to dish with. I think this is going to be kind of a hoot of an episode personally. Um, She is the head planner of ColourPop Events. I would like to give a warm welcome to Leah Weinberg. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah. Excited that you're here. I'm really excited to hear about what you're up to. Um, I know you recently wrote a book, and let's start there. Tell me a little bit about your book. <laughs> yeah, so my book is my pandemic silver lining because I got to write the bulk of it in 2020 when there were not a whole lot of weddings going on. Perfect. And it's called The Wedding Roller Coaster. So the book is written for engaged couples to help them navigate the ups and downs of wedding planning, give them tips and guidance on how to keep their relationships intact during the wedding planning process. Um, It's definitely geared more towards the emotional side of wedding planning and really goes deep into behavior and psychology and emotion and stress and just all the things that people don't normally talk about when it comes to wedding planning. So Yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. It came out in April earlier this year. And it's also a great resource for wedding vendors too, because I think it's going to, especially for non-planners, it's going to pull back the curtain a lot on what your clients are going through when they're planning a wedding. And it's going to give you some ways to kind of help them through whatever it is that they might end up going through. Yeah. And that's so important because um, I say this all the time on the podcast, but your clients are not, they're not doing this on a regular basis, right? Like they, this is their one wedding. They're not, they're not shopping for wedding vendors and then hiring the, you know, doing a second round of it. Like we would with pretty much any other, you know, my hairstylist, I bring her back all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely, I think we forget that sometimes that for us, it's just, routine. And, you know, I think especially this year with how busy we all are, I think we definitely have a low tolerance for a lot of things. And so um, things can get under our skin and bug us. And um, we just have to remember, like, this is the first time they're going through this process. And so just being thoughtful about that, I think is a good reminder for us to keep in mind right now. Yes. And, you know, this book like helps them prepare for that as well, because, you know, they they haven't gone through the emotional roller coaster that is wedding planning and it brings up so many emotions in so many ways and things you would never expect. A hundred percent. You're like, yes, that's why I wrote the book, yes. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from like normal situations that you'll encounter, you know, like having those hard talks about money to just like very bizarre things happening that you just never imagined you were going to have to deal with. Like, it just, I always say like, things get weird when you get engaged. Um you're going to do, you're going to behave in some ways that you might not recognize, like your partner might not behave in the best way. Like you're just going to see some weird behavior from like family, friends, wedding guests, everybody in the wedding planning process um, gets a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, you were right. I I haven't thought of it that way. I always think <laughs> of it as like it's a lot of surprises. <laughs> some great, some stressful, some just surprising. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So um, what got you interested in writing this book about the wedding roller coaster? The whole book actually stemmed from a single conversation that I had with one of my clients. And so I tell the story in the book, so I won't go into the whole thing. But the nuts and bolts of the story is it's not about the fried chicken. I had a bride who was having a, a fight with her father. They were not on speaking terms. And on the surface, the fight was about what the dinner menu was going to be. For their dinner. And she had jokingly said to him, you know, fried chicken, oh, that's non-negotiable. And the dad was just like, I'm paying for this wedding. How dare you dictate to me what's going to be on the menu? Like, I'm not serving my guests fried chicken. And so like they weren't speaking. And this is ordinarily a very close family and very tight-knit, like father-daughter bond. And in that moment, I was really impressed with myself because I was like, wait a second, this isn't about the fried chicken. This is the fact that like you are his only daughter. You're one of two siblings, Andrew the youngest. So he's having some feelings about his baby girl getting married. And it is just manifesting in this argument about the fried chicken. And so after that conversation, I was like, wow, that was that was some impressive insight. What else, you know, what else have we seen? And so it made me just start thinking about just the different behavior that I've seen, conflict that has come up, um, just everything surrounding psychology and emotion and behavior with weddings. And so I was like, I'm going to write a book about this. And I mean, that was 2017. So clearly it took me a hot second to get the get pen to paper and like get a full book out. But I, you know, purchased some psychology books, read some articles, interviewed experts to just really understand what's going on. And so this book is kind of like part a little academic, if you will, and like a lot of stories and anecdotes about stuff that I've seen. There's a lot of contributions from real life people that have gotten married there. I call them been there, done that stories. And so, yeah, I had that one particular moment just got me thinking about all the stuff I've seen as a wedding planner and um, yeah, decided to put it down in a book. I think that's so smart. It's such a it sounds like I, I'm gonna have to read it. It sounds like such an interesting book. Um and it you know it's so true. It it is rarely any fight is rarely about what the fight is. Yes. <laughs> like what you're actually saying com what's coming out of your mouth is generally not what the fight is about. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've gotta and I it's just so important, like communication. I'm as a planner, I'm a communicator. I'm admittedly an over communicator. Like I like to check in on Dang. stuff multiple times, confirm things, like get things out on the table. Like I don't like to hold it in just all of those aspects. And so like when stuff comes up, you've got to talk about it. And then as part of the talking about it, that's how you're going to figure out, okay, this is what's actually bothering me. So then we can get to the core of like solving and addressing that particular problem. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even know what's actually bothering me yeah. when I'm upset about something. So then I have to ask myself questions. So yeah. you're like, okay, so why am I so mad my mom insisted on doing the dishes? <laughs> like something so dumb. I know it's not about that. What's yep. really going yep. on here? Yeah. For me, like my anxiety manifests 
basically as like butterflies in my stomach or like just uneasy feelings or feeling sad about something. So there will definitely be times where like I'm feeling something in my body, but my mind hasn't caught up to like what is actually making me feel this way. So I have to kind of pause and like think back through the progression of my day and just be like, okay, ah, that's what the problem is. Like, let's figure out how we can process this so we can feel better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I totally, totally feel that. That's so interesting. Um, so I would love to talk about a, li- a little bit about some of the things you've seen come up with weddings. Um, I know you you go into this in depth in the book, but um, I would love to hear some of the, if you have any stories specifically that would be helpful to share with the listeners. Yeah. I mean, there's a handful of stories in the book, whether it's like about money or blending religions or cultures cultures or traditions and things like that where couples didn't have conversations with family that were stakeholders in some way shape or form they didn't have conversations with family early on and that led to problems surprises and things like that happening further down the road so whether it's like you know getting a grasp for how much if you're having people contribute financially to the wedding getting a grasp on how much they're gonna contribute um because as a planner like i can't do anything for you until i know how much money you have to spend and i know that sounds icky but that happens um Definitely seen things where couples have one view of how they're going to incorporate different religions or traditions and cultures in their wedding. And then family gets wind of it and they're like, you're not going to do that. We have to completely like flip the script and do something completely different. And so where... And it's unexpected too, in a lot of cases, like I had one particular couple, like just they, the bride was Jewish, the groom was Indian. And at the very beginning of the process, from the beginning, they were like, oh, we're just going to have a ceremony that incorporates both cultures. Like we're going to take little pieces and it's going to be one combined thing because we want to honor everybody. And then the groom's mom said no to the bride wearing a white dress during the Indian during any doing any kind of Indian tradition because white is the color of mourning in Indian culture. And then the bride's mom didn't want her wearing a sari doing anything under a huppah. And so that resulted in two completely different ceremonies and like an 18 hour day. I mean, something ridiculous, like an 18 hour day. And they didn't think the parents would care. Um, but the parents cared. And so I, one of the things I always tell my couple is like, depending on what, what different things are coming up, I say, have a conversation with your parents, get their opinion on X, Y, and Z, because you might be very surprised at their reaction. Yeah, that's, and I found that in my own wedding. Um, and I know I've talked about it on here, but I had, I essentially had like, we had 17 people at our wedding. Um, and it did not go over well. Oh, um, because, um, we only had immediate family. It went up to 75 if we included aunts and uncles and cousins. Uh. And I just didn't want that scale of a wedding. And I knew my husband wouldn't either. So I was like, no, we're not going to do this. And I, I thought everybody would be totally fine with that. Um, but it turned into like nine months of me crying in public places when <laughs> my brother or my mother or my dad would confront me about my mom wanting her brothers at the wedding. Uh. 
And I was like, it would be so much easier to just give in, but I know that this is not the right fit for me. And now everybody looks back at that wedding and they're like, man, you did such a great job with that. I like, I don't know why everybody doesn't do this. (laughs) And I'm like, get out of here, you (laughs) (laughs) a-hole. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Funny how time changes the mind and we forget things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then there are those of us who remember. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons that I have this podcast. That's so, yeah, it's so true. We just, we don't know what expectations are until, you know, until it starts. And, and even with guests, like they don't necessarily communicate to you that, well, either they do communicate to you and maybe not in the most appropriate way that something's upsetting them or they don't tell you, but then you get like wind of it from somebody else, which is equally as bad, if not worse. Because then you're like, oh my gosh, I upset someone and they didn't even say anything. Yeah, I'm a big – one of the things I feel like I've been saying a lot lately is that people are not mind readers. And so if something is bothering you, you have to make the judgment call of like, is it something that I bring up and talk about or, you know, keep it to yourself? Obviously, depending on the context, like sometimes keeping it to yourself. Yeah. If you're a guest at a wedding and like you don't like the food, like just zip it and don't tell, don't say anything to anybody. Um, but in other contexts, like if something's bothering you, you've got to tell people so that they can fix it. Um, one of the things that I have realized is like sometimes, especially when it comes to like people, your spouse or partner, you're mad about something. But then, and then the person doesn't know what you're mad about. And so you get mad that like, they don't know you. You're like, oh, you don't know me well enough to know what's bothering me right now or what I need. And it's like, so we're doubly mad on top of like adding Madden on top of the original thing. And it's like, they know us, they love us. They are not mind readers. Like we have to tell them what's going on and not hold it against them for us having to spell it out. I mean, half the time we don't even know why we're mad. Yes. Or we think it's one thing and then we realize it's something else. Like I recently said that it was unlivable that the cabinet door had fallen off our bathroom vanity. (laughs) And Philippe was like, it's unlivable. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get some perspective here. (laughs) This is the worst thing happening in your life right now. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes we just don't know what's really bothering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the communication tips that you could give that, you know, how couples can approach some of these behaviors or some of these um, things that are coming up with their their guests or their family members? Um, what are some tips you could you could share for communications wise? Yeah, the first one is make sure that your timing is appropriate. So I fully admit, I, I, like I said, I communicate, I got to get stuff out on the table. I have been known to come in real hot, at really inappropriate times. And then that does not lead to a very fruitful discussion. So make sure that your timing is appropriate as to when you bring something up. Like if it's a very heated emotional moment and you're talking about something else, don't just like bring this up to add something to the pile. Like make sure that you're bringing stuff up in a, 
in the context where like people can be calm, people are able to like sit and focus um, and like thoughtfully have a conversation. Another thing is to make sure that you're actively listening. So in bringing up something with another person, just make sure you're listening to what they're saying. Don't have, don't be like in your head trying to figure out, you know, like what you're going to argue next or how you're going to defend yourself or like what the next thing is that you're going to bring up, like actively listen if you need to, then take a pause to formulate your response. But make sure that like you're really listening. Don't tone police people. Um, make sure that you're not distracted. Make eye contact. All of that kind of stuff. Like being an active listener is definitely really important. Um, and also just. I think you have to kind of know yourself too. And like we've been saying, you have to really know what the issue is. So make sure that you're bringing up kind of like what the heart of the conflict or the issue or the problem is rather than talking around it and talking about something else that might not be like truly what you're having an issue with. Yeah, that makes total sense. And kind of to spin on that, it, what I'm hearing from you is also ask questions. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, and let the person answer. Don't just wait for your turn to speak next. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, asking questions is obviously a great way to get to the bottom of things. Um, it's a good way to clarify that you're understanding. So I know a lot of like one technique that a lot of people when talk teaching about communication. It's like, repeat back to somebody and say like, I'm, here's what I'm hearing. Am I understanding you correctly? So it's a way to just definitely like check and make sure that you're receiving the right message too. Yeah. That's such a great point. And you know, that also makes the person feel heard. Yes. And sometimes when guests are behaving badly, it's just because they want to be heard. Yes. Oh, it's interesting you say that. So that reminds me of something because especially as a planner, we tend to hear from clients after the fact about something that went awry during the day. Sometimes it's something significant. Sometimes it's something very minimal that it's kind of like, and then I go and not to the client, but in my head, I'm like, what do you want? Like here, I need you to tell me what you want. So number one, it's just, you just want to be heard and you just like want to vent to somebody. Number two, like you just want to get the, like you're very angry and you just need to sort of like take it out on somebody. Essentially you want an apology. Um, you want money back or you want some other like corrective action taken, but it's kind but, and I've never said, I, I guess sometimes I've said it to like, put it very nicely to clients, but it's kind of like, and even in regular life, when somebody gives you some kind of weird feedback or criticism or something like that. It's like, what do you want? You know, do you just want to be heard? And if so, like, fine. But like, what is the point in telling me about this? And like, what do you what's going to make you feel better? And so I think sometimes in us talking with other people, we have to recognize that and help them get to the point of like, what is it that I really want and need in this situation? Yeah. And that's a great tip for vendors too, because there are often times that somebody will come back to you and say, you know, this happened or like whatever, you know, like what you were just saying. And it's, it, it's hard not to respond emotionally because yes. we put so much weight into like emotional weight for ourselves into other people's weddings because it means a lot to us. I mean, that's, yes. you wouldn't do this job if you didn't 
really deeply care about your couples. Yeah. And um, because it's hard and it's a lot of work and it's very high touch and it's very high emotion. Yes. And um, and it's hard. Like I got an email the other day um, asking a question about an invoice and I had to sit on it for a couple of minutes because I was like, if I respond to this, it's going to be from a place of like, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I don't want that to be the way it comes off because this person just has an honest question. And yeah. they, you know, it's not like they're saying, oh, I don't think I should have to pay this. They're asking about like how the payment structure works and it's yep. not about me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a photographer friend. I remember she said post wedding after she delivered the gallery, the couple came back to her and was like, we don't like this back this backdrop that you, you that we used for family photos. And it was sort of like, you know, definitely. And she, yeah, it's hard, like you said, it's hard not to respond emotionally because she in that moment can get like kind of defensive and just be like, well, look, you know, we were there and you agreed to do it there. And we were very limited in terms of options and you had a large family. And like, so this, we like in the moment, you know, all verbally agreed that like, this was the best option. And it's like, you don't like it. And again, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want yeah. me to do about it? Your fo- here are the photos. They're in front of this backdrop. Um, one of the things that I've gotten really particular about this year is not apologizing for stuff that's not my fault. Yeah. So, like, when telling that story, I don't want my like, I don't want to have my friend be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you don't like the backdrop." Like, no, don't apologize for them not liking the backdrop. Like, it was a mutual decision to do it there, and so. Um, for any vendors listening to this, like, please stop apologizing for stuff that is not your fault. I know that sometimes that's what couples want. And in giving us that, providing that feedback, um, they want, and I'm sorry, but like this year I have really put my foot down and people are not getting an I'm sorry from me unless it was actually something that was rightfully my fault. Yeah. Like, if you actually make a mistake, then yes, I will you should apologize. 100% own it. But. but yeah, I'm so with you. I'm so I'm not apologizing for taking you know my weekends off and for time you know well off as in not answering emails right. <laughs> or the fact that I don't let my clients text me. Um, yes, because I can't if I open it, I can't find it again or yep. it's I can't mark it unread so I can go back later. And if I read it or my car reads it to me while I'm driving, yeah, it's just a horrible practice for me because you know, we've got a lot in our brains. Um, and I just I refuse to apologize for those things because it's the it's for the best, it's the betterment of, you know, their experience with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm so with you and I totally agree. And I honestly think that goes like across the board. If it isn't something that is your fault, you should not be apologizing for it. And that for couples too. Yep. Um, yeah, the- that's a great, yeah. They, they can take that with them in terms of like dealing with guests or family and stuff, you know, like, I don't don't apologize for not wanting to invite your parents next door neighbor who you've never met and have no relationship with if you're trying to keep like your guest count to a certain number. That like don't is, apologize. Just yeah. say, you know, like this is what I want. It's my, you know, my wedding. Obviously, the considerations of like who might be paying for what and things that come along with that, but like you don't have to apologize for not wanting somebody at your wedding. Yes. Yes, and you don't have to apologize for speaking your mind. Be, you know, 
be gracious and yes. and open to feedback when you do because you know it should treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Always a good rule. We're of bringing it back to the basics today. <laughs> We're going to kindergarten here and I'm here for it. Um, that's, you are making so many amazing points. I love it. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about post wedding. Cause we've been talking about like pre wedding, um, and, and we can swing back around to during the wedding, but usually if it's happening during the wedding, you're getting the feedback or you're hearing about it after the wedding. Um, whether that be from like someone else who comes along and says, Oh, so-and-so didn't didn't appreciate that you didn't have a vegetarian option um, or, you know, so-and-so like thought it was really inappropriate that you played um, that little John song that everybody plays at weddings that I think is like the funniest thing that people play that. Cause I'm like, grandmas are sitting there while everyone's, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but that's fine. If that's your jam, I just think it's funny that it's like almost every wedding plays that song. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> if you, um, let's talk a little bit about like handling, you know, if you're hearing objections or about bad behavior post wedding, how you can handle that as the couple. Yeah, it, it relates to what we've said before and it gets back to that sort of like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want in this situation? Identifying what does this person want? And so, um, it's interesting. I've had the post-wedding stuff is like an entire section in my book because it always fascinates me. Like both the way that clients approach what like view their wedding in retrospect, like after the wedding, um, some positively, some negatively, some trying to like figure out what, you know, is going wrong. I mean, I had one wedding and stuff went pretty badly wrong. And like, but post-wedding, um, I think the parents like started polling their guests to kind of figure out everything, like get like a laundry list of stuff that happened in order to be able to get some money back. Wow. Um, yeah. It was, it was kind of a mess. So like. That's I very mean, petty. Obviously I wish they hadn't done that because it's like, it's your kid's wedding. Like let's enjoy it. You know, yeah. don't have, don't like try to figure out everything that went wrong. Um, you have now devalued someone's celebration of the start of their union, married yeah. union. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. And I think so in that situation, definitely important to figure out like, what is this person, what is this person's goal in telling me this, you know, and see if you can, if it's a goal that, um, is within your power, sort of like, again, if it's just that they just want to be heard and you acknowledge it, um, again, don't apologize for it if it wasn't your fault. Um, but then also step two of that is don't take it personally. Like some people are just crab apples and they're not going to enjoy themselves no matter what happens. And they're always going to find something to complain about. Um, I think one thing that could definitely happen, and this goes back to like people not being mind readers, but you brought up the part about like, you know, not having a vegetarian meal, but if somebody's like celiac and gluten-free and you're like, Oh, you know, you didn't have a, you didn't have a gluten-free meal for my partner. They weren't able to eat at the wedding. And it's like, well, did you tell me that they were gluten-free? Because how else was I supposed to know? Um, and I, I do not recommend that my clients 
poll their guests for dietary restrictions because I think then you end up with like preferences instead of actual medical conditions and allergies. Um, So it's like, you know, if you don't tell me that somebody needs a gluten-free meal, I'm not going to know that somebody needs a gluten-free meal. So um, it's unfortunate. Like you can say it's unfortunate that that happened, but don't apologize. You know, like don't apologize for it. Or if the caterer messed up and like just you told them but didn't bring it, like that's on the caterer. And you can say to your friend, you know, I had at- we had asked the caterer to do it. They dropped the ball on that. Like don't say I'm so sorry that happened. Just say like that's that is what it is. Yeah, like that's really unfortunate. I wish it hadn't been that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really like, what are what are you going to do? Build a time machine? Right. It's like, what do you want me to also just, I mean, sometimes people just need to keep their mouths shut. Like, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. If you have something negative to say about my wedding, um, unless it's something that like is going to impact me for the future, like, please, I really don't. I don't need to hear your thoughts on the food or whatever it was. Yeah. Like my food was cold. Well, what are you, you going to like build a time machine and go back? It's not, you know, the, everybody's kind of doing the best they can. Yeah. And unless, you know, there's something that's like serious that is really important for um, yeah, it's <laughs> so do you have any stories that you would like to share about guest behavior? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many. Um, and there's some that like as planners that really irk me. Um guests all the time, like when it comes to like seating assignments and stuff, especially when they're told exactly which seats it, like there's place cards and they're told exactly where to sit always, they will always move, people will always move them around. Like, they're just like, "Mm, you know, I don't care that the couple probably spent many hours trying to individually place us at all of these seats. I don't care. I want to move it. I had a couple lie to my face when I like, I didn't accuse them, but I had asked them a question, asked them like whether they um, like had moved stuff around or saw somebody like shuffle them. And they said no. And then I go talk to the DJ and the DJ is like, oh, that couple totally like moved around the place cards. I'm like, what? Why are we? Why are are we we lying about this? I know. Um, Oh, a really great one. And this didn't happen at one of my weddings, but my caterer friend told me this about, um, I think it was like, let's say it was the aunt of one of the people getting married, cut a piece of the cake and served herself before the cake cutting. A grown adult. Like it wasn't even a kid. I think you could forgive it if it was a kid, but um yeah, just went straight up to the cake and helped herself before the cake cutting happened. It's people are wild. <laughs> that is hysterical. I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah, I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were thinking. Um <laughs> And also, too, I've just seen, like, this year in particular, like, people are partying pretty hard, um, which is leading to some, like, you know, a little bit of sloppy behavior, definitely. So, yeah. I've seen some slipping on the dance floor. Yes. Um, Yeah. I I would recommend practice walking in your heels. Oh, yeah. Before you go drink a lot in your heels that you haven't worn in, you know, 20 months. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That could really be unfortunate. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I've also noticed that people are really enjoying getting together and celebrating and having a few additional yes. drinks, um, including my couples. It's actually I've had a couple of situations where I'm trying to leave and they're like having a conversation with me and I'm like, enjoy your time with your friends and family. You do not need to have a conversation with me right now. I know you're like giving me drunk love, but like, and I love you too, <laughs> but like, I'm not your priority today. <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny um yeah we were at my wedding we were pretty lucky we didn't have like any at the event bad guest behavior yeah I don't think I don't think I did it mine either although the day was such a blur so yeah yeah. The only thing we had, we had one weird situation. We got married at a winery and my sister-in-law was uncomfortable letting the kids go out into like the space while I got dressed. And I was like, there is no way that this 13 year old boy is sitting here while I get naked in front oh. of him. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was trying to mitigate it. That's, I think that's the only thing. And it really wasn't a big deal. So I guess I was pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yep. Another thing to consider, I feel like, <laughs> think about who you have in that room. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So funny. So funny. Um, so if there is one piece of advice that you could give to couples as they start approaching the planning process when communicating with, and I know, I know we've said, probably said this in many different ways, but you know, let's drive it home here. What would be the one piece of advice you would give them as they're really entering that planning process before they start having the conversations with their family, um, how to get themselves like mentally prepared and in that space to successfully navigate the wedding roller coaster? Yeah, I think couples have to sort of get grounded themselves first. So it's very much kind of like you have to have the conversation you and your partner about what this what you want this wedding to look like, what your priorities are, how you want to feel, like what this wedding means to you and just really figure out kind of like what your I mean it's essentially just a guiding principle, kind of like your mission statement, I mean, your mission statement for your wedding or your vision statement for the wedding. Like you have to have just that sort of north star and then you Everything else you bring back to that when you're feeling a little lost, when you're kind of stuck, when you're in conflict, um, just go back to that guiding principle and figure out, you know, how to stay true to that. Because it's like you have this conversation at the very beginning, and I say this about budgets too, like you have this conversation and set these ground rules and set these priorities before you got really wrapped up into the emotions of the wedding planning, like you did this while you were level-headed. So you should know that it's good to come back to that because you didn't make decisions, set budgets emotionally. You did it with like a clear, thoughtful level head. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important because once you get into some of the, if there is any turmoil that you're navigating, then it's really easy, especially if you're a people pleaser, to get swept mm, yeah. up and just keep compromising because you're tired of the conflict. Yeah. And that's actually something that I've seen pop up recently is just not 
giving, not necessarily giving in, but kind of like deferring to other people's opinions of what things should be like and not ever giving your specific opinion. And that's always going to lead to trouble because then the day of, it's not going to be exactly what you want. And we're not mind readers. So if you never tell your planner, your caterer, your florist, your photographer, exactly what it is that you want. If you're just like, oh, day of my mom will just kind of let you know what family we want in photos. Oh, no. Well, someone's going to get missed. Someone's going to be added in that they didn't really want. Mom is going to be overwhelmed, you know, like really bad idea. Like not, you know, telling the florist, oh, you know, I'm not too particular about like what colors I want or what flowers or what I want it to look like. You just, you know, you, you do your creative thing and then you show up and it's like beautiful, but it's not what you wanted. You've got to tell people what specifically what it is that you want. And yes, it's going to be a crap load of details that, you're going to have to provide to people that you never imagined you'd have to really be thinking about or getting into the weeds in. But like, you've got to tell people what you want. Like, don't, don't just let other people steamroll you or bulldoze you into doing things. And your vendors need like clear direction in order to give you and your partner what you really want on your day. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. And to add on to that, if you don't know like yes. if you don't know anything about florals. Yes. Tell us. Yes. And then – and someone will educate you or you can ask questions. You know, um, I think when I was getting married, everybody was like, well, just get calla lilies. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that is. You know, I <laughs> I don't know flower names. And I can't stand calla lilies. I know. And, and then when I was looking at it, I was like, that's just kind of like – I don't know. It's one of those things that it's very traditional. And I'm not a traditional kind of girl. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes you have to say, like, I'm not interested in this look. Do you have any suggestions that would be something else? Yeah. And, you know, it's also good to know, especially with florals, it can be seasonal and everything. So it's always good. It's good to ask questions, but it's yes. good to have your central vision and and to like, you know, at, you can lean on your vendors. Everybody's there for if they need to set boundaries with you, they absolutely will. Like if I email you and I'm like, hey, Leah, what color should my my bridesmaids paint their toenails <laughs> on on a holiday, like Thanksgiving. <laughs> you can set a boundary with me. Yeah. You're not getting a response till Monday. I mean, I've had, yeah, like I'll have quite, I've recently, I got a, a, a question like that and I get it. Like people were, people fixate on different things. You know, we like going back to the very beginning where it's like, we do this all the time. We have to keep in mind that our clients do not. And I just remember I got an email with such a very granular question. And I was, I was like, I didn't even really understand exactly what the person was asking. And I was like, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm sure we'll figure it out on the day of it'll be fine. Just like reassure them. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) I love it. Well, Leah, this was such a fun conversation. I'm so glad that we got to get together and chat about this. Um, Can you tell me where can people find you online? 
Absolutely. So I'm colorpopevents.com. That's my website. Um, my book, The Wedding Roller Coaster, is available on Amazon. And then I am at Colourpop Events on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Not I have a Twitter account technically. There's nothing really of interest over there. Um, but I am also on Pinterest too and do spend a lot of time cultivating some very nice and colorful Pinterest boards. So that would be worth checking out. I love it. And I really – I appreciated all of your headshots because there's so much in like in my um I don't know if you've seen my headshot but I feel like we have like weirdly similar but totally <laughs> different headshots they have like a lot of color and texture and like fun and spunk yes <laughs> and I was like I like her I like these weddings I like this <laughs> Amazing. Well, everyone, make sure you go over and check out her stuff. I highly recommend checking out her book. I will be for sure checking it out. Um, the Wedding Roller Coaster by Leah Weinberg. And um, while you're over on Instagram or checking out her website, if you want to check out The Wedding Dish, we are at The Wedding Dish Podcast on social media and theweddingdishpodcast.com where you can get show notes, apply to be a guest, donate. You can get the transcripts from our episodes because we are committed to accessibility, although I am admittedly behind right now because it's been just a little extra crazy. So um, I'm not apologizing, but I am just letting everyone know. Um, <laughs> And um, don't forget to tune in next week. I'm really excited. I have another exciting guest on. And Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of this awesome information and just bringing so much fun and delight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a really fun chat. Oh, yay. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> Everyone have a wonderful rest of the day. And until we see you again, cheers. <laughs>